The Dental Practice Fixers podcast is brought to you by the Maddow Center for Dental Practice Success. To find out how we can help increase the success of your practice, check out maddow.com or call us at 1-800-258-0060. What is your relationship like with dental specialists? Or if you're a dental specialist, what is your relationship like with your GPs? Or if you're a team member, how's the whole thing work? This is some really important stuff and practice growth stuff too that we're gonna be talking about on today's edition of the Dental Practice Fixers Podcast. I'm Dr. Richard Maddow, I'm your host today. I'm also co-founder of the Maddow Center for Dental Practice Success where we help practices just like yours all over the U.S. and Canada. Great to be here today. Just want to give you a quick reminder. On August 11th and 12th, I'll be in Orlando, Florida, speaking as part of the Ultimate Practice Growth Workshop. It's being put on by Dr. Travis Campbell's gang. He's a great guy, incredible teacher. He's known as the dental insurance expert and the practice whisperer. The guy's two nicknames for his dental teachings. You don't get much better than that. So check it out. Go to matto.com slash growth. Matto.com slash growth. You can find out more about the workshop. And when you check out, if you use the code RICH, R-I-C-H, you get $150 discount on your tuition. So check that out. As long as you're checking things out, as you know, at the Matto Center, we use Stacks for our credit card processing because they don't charge an overage percentage, just a low, flat monthly fee for processing. So check that out by going to matto.com slash save, S-A-V-E. Okay, let's talk about specialists for a second. If you're a GP, your dental specialist should be a very important part of your team, maybe part of what some people call their board of directors. Sounds very fancy. I've heard some dentists use that term. They say, I've got my board of directors. That is people like your accountant, your attorney, your financial planner. Um, some people would even include their marketing specialist, their web developer, people like that. These are all people who play a crucial role in the success of your dental practice. And I would say the specialist to whom you refer should be considered part of your board of directors as well. You know, there's certain criteria. I mean, it goes without saying that they treat your patients well. If they're not providing great treatment and being incredibly courteous to your patients by doing things like getting them in right away, um, again, giving great treatment, communicating well with you, the GP, even talking you up. I think they should talk them, talk you up. Tell your patients how great of a dentist they're seeing. Those are all really important parts of your specialist being on your board of directors. It's really funny. I remember way back when, when I first started my first practice, all the local specialists were kind of courting me. And this one guy contacted me and we went out to lunch and he was an oral surgeon. And he said, Rich, I'm going to treat your patients well. You send them to me. I'm going to tell them how great of a dentist you are. I'm going to do this. And he said, as a matter of fact, when you're on vacation, send all your emergencies to me. If you have any emergencies, don't send them to a dentist down the street. They're going to steal your patients. I don't care what the emergency is, even though I'm an oral surgeon. I'll re-cement temporaries. I'll do anything. You know, just send every emergency to me, and I'll take care of them in the best way possible. So sure enough. I went on my first vacation um, 
And one of my patients lost a temporary and they called my office and my office referred them to this guy. We'll just call him Dr. Simon. They referred the patient to Dr. Simon. And then they came back um, the next week to have their crown placed. I said, oh, I see you had to see Dr. Simon have your temporary re-cemented. How'd that go? They said, oh, um, the whole time he was saying, oh, if the Board of Oral Surgeons knew I was re-cementing a temporary, they take my license away. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm an oral surgeon. I shouldn't be re-cementing temporaries. It's like, what? What are you talking about, man? You told me to send patients to you, and now you're complaining to my patients that you're, you're going to lose your oral surgery license because you're re-cementing a temporary? You got to be kidding. So I called him to talk to him about it. He comes to the phone. He says, Rich, I, I can't talk right now. I'm in neurosurgery. I got to talk to you later. It's like, what? You're an oral surgeon. You're in neurosurgery. I thought maybe he uh, he was taking out a wisdom tooth and he, he hit the nerve accidentally. He's like, he's got an inferior alveolar nerve in his, in his fingers and he's going that neurosurgery. I didn't know what was going on. But anyway, I definitely, he, he was actually a great guy. He was a really good oral surgeon. And we just had a little discussion about the way that I hope my patients should be treated. And everything was great after that. So again, there's nothing wrong with you talking to your specialist about the way that your patients should be treated. Another thing about the specialists is, do they refer back to you? When you send a patient, for example, um, to a periodontist for some periotherapy, do they make sure that patient knows that they should alternate their perio visits, their perio maintenance visits, and see the GP every three months and see the periodontist every three months? Or does the periodontist kind of steal them and put them on planet perio, as I used to say? Um, when you send a patient to an endodontist for endo, do they make it very clear that after that endo's done, the next step, not, well, you know, this is probably going to happen or they, your dentist is probably going to tell you this. No, the next step is you've got to return to Dr. Maddow for the crown or whatever treatment they deem necessary for this tooth. I've had endodontists who have had the patient make the appointment in my office right from their practice. This was incredible. These were just great things. So again, your relationship with your specialist is so important. And you know, different specialists have different attitudes about dentists, GPs doing what some of us might call specialty procedures. I'm doing the air quotes there for you just listening, specialty procedures. Um, I remember one time way back when I was signed up for a non-surgical perio course. And I said to a friend of mine, hey, you should go to this course. It looks great, non-surgical perio. And then, you know, eventually we're going to be learning how to do some minor surgeries and major, maybe some laser therapy and this and that. And it's really exciting. And our patients all need periotherapy. And I think this is going to be a great, great um, practice growth area for us along with a great service for my patients. He said, oh, I can't do that. I said, why not? He said, well, I, I play golf with my periodontist every Saturday and he'll flip if he knows that I'm doing this. It's like, what? Your patient should be happy about this. And it reminded me of an old story and not that old, but um, you know, I was having lunch with one of my fellow ortho. I, I was referring to two orthodontists at the time. And I was um, thinking about taking a weekend warrior ortho course where I'd learn how to do some minor tooth movement, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm talking to orthodontist number one, and I told him, hey, I'm signed up for this course. I'm going to be doing some minor ortho, a little tooth movement, blah, blah, blah. And he said, Rich, I would highly advise against that. You know, there's a reason that it takes uh, two or three years to become an orthodontist after dental school, and you're going to get yourself in trouble. Or you're going to get sued. Your patients won't like it. You're going to be calling me mid-treatment, and, and I just wouldn't take that course. I would highly recommend not doing that. I'm here to take care of all of your ortho needs. You stay in your lane. You do what you do best. I'll do what I'll do best, and it's, it's great for the patients. I'm thinking, is this really 
what he should be telling me. So I wasn't sure. And then sure enough, a couple of weeks later, I had lunch with the other orthodontist who I was referring to. And I told him I'm taking this course. And he said, Rich, that's great. He said, you know, there are a lot of cases you'll be able to treat in your practice, some really minor cases. And it's a fantastic service to your patients. And he said, of course, for your more complex cases that you don't feel comfortable with, I'm here for you at all times. He said, and as a matter of fact, if you start doing an ortho case and you run into trouble, you're not sure what to do, you call me, you tell me what's going on. I might be able to give you some advice with a patient right in the chair. And he said, of course, if you need to refer a case to me that you started, I will never badmouth you or say that a GP shouldn't have been doing this case. I will smooth everything over and I'll take care of your patients in the way that you'd like to take care of them. It's take all the courses you can. Knowledge is power. He's going on and on and on, encouraging me to do this. It was so great. Who do you think got my ortho referrals from then on? Orthodontist number one, who was trying to scare me and tell me I was going to get sued, or orthodontist number two, who was encouraging me? Look, orthodontist number two probably knew that after doing a few of these cases, I get fed up and stop doing it anyway. So he was smart, but he was doing the right thing. You know, we're all in this together. We're all in this to provide the greatest service possible to our patients. And if that means that as a GP, you want to learn and grow and do some of these specialty procedures, your specialists should be encouraging you to do so. Look, there are always going to be plenty of cases that are too complex for a GP that a specialist should be doing. There's plenty to go around for everyone. So let's all help one another and encourage one another. Um, and one more thing about specialists, then we're going to go into our secret shopper calls, which also involve specialists. And that is I talked about your specialist making sure the patients you send them come back to you, but are specialists actually referring new patients to you? Let's face it, especially some specialists, oral surgeons, orthodontists, they see patients without a dental home, so to speak. Orthodontists and pediatric dentists, too, will see um, kids, adolescents, whatever, whose parents might not have a, a GP. Specialists have occurrences where they can refer a patient to a GP because they did not come to them through the traditional general practitioner refer to a specialist route. And if you're referring to a specialist, they should be referring new patients to you. And if not, have a talk with your specialist about it. Make it very clear that you would love, you would welcome their new patient referrals, and they should be doing it. I'm not saying you're going to have a, a constant flow of new patients from your specialist, but every now and then, they should be able to send you something. So make sure it happens. Okay, just a brief discussion about the relationship between GPs and specialists, but it really is important. It should be great for the patients. It should be great for the practices of both the GPs and the specialists. And you really should have a relationship of camaraderie, mutual respect, and truly wanting to help one another and help the patients. So let's do our mystery shopper calls because they involve I got my team to give me a bunch of practices who on their website that says they do Invisalign. Invisalign's great. It's such a great practice builder. It's such an excellent income stream. And it's so good for the patients. So many dentists say, I took an Invisalign course, but I'm not getting that many Invisalign patients. Why not? Well, perhaps we're about to find out during our mystery shopper calls. Before I go over to Command Central, I want to remind you that we really do have a mission, both with my little, um, you know, the little teaching I do before the mystery shopper calls and the mystery shopper calls, and that is to make every dental practice in the world 
a great dental practice where they're so good on the phone, where they do great treatment for patients, incredible patient relations. And you can be a big part of that, a huge part of that by just going on the site, wherever you're listening or watching this podcast, whether it's um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever, and just give us a five-star rating. That's all I'm going to ask. It'll take you three seconds and you'll be helping the podcast grow, which helps dentists all across the world. If you've got 15 or 20 more seconds, give a little written review about how much you enjoyed the podcast, how much it helps you, the advice, whatever it is you want to say. Um, if you could just do us and all your colleagues a favor to do that, I'd really appreciate it. Okay, let's move on to our mystery shopper calls. As I said, this is a patient calling who has a little bit of a tooth cosmetic misplaced tooth issue and wants to know if a dental practice does braces. Now, keep in mind, braces to a layperson is kind of a generic term. It could mean ortho. It could mean aligner therapy, Invisalign, all those things. They just say braces, meaning can you do some tooth movement for me? So I had my team give me all these practices that do Invisalign. So we'll call in and say, do you do braces? Throw them for a loop. Let's find out. Okay, here is call. Number one. Good morning, Dr. office. Hey, a quick question for you. I've got like a, a, just a little, um, just a little out of whack looking. Um, when I smile, it, it looks kind of fugly. Um, do you do braces or anything like that to correct a, a tooth like that? No, we don't do braces here. The orthodontists are the ones that do braces. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh-huh. All right. Bye. Wow! No, we don't do braces here. You got to see an orthodontist. This person has no idea what my dental problem is. It's possible that it could be treated with Invisalign or aligner therapy. It's possible I just, uh, you know, have a rotten old tooth that needs a crown. And, and with the crown, you can do, uh, you know, kind of an ortho treatment, so to speak, without doing an ortho treatment to make everything lined up and beautiful. They had no idea what my problem was. Why couldn't they say, why don't you come in so the doctor can take a look? We can do a free consultation, whatever. And then if they need to refer, they can refer. But totally, this patient's lost and gone forever. We'll never call that office again. That was pretty poor. Let's keep Did moving. Please hold. Sure. I love it when you're placed on hold right from the get-go. It's just so warm and friendly, isn't it? And now there's no on-hold music, messaging, beeping. Nothing. I don't even know if they placed me on hold or if they just hung up on me. I guess we'll find out if they come back. Thank you for holding. How can I help you? Hey, I wouldn't know if you do braces in your office. We do not. Uh, so if I had a tooth that was like a, you know, like a little bit like a fang tooth or something, I wanted to get that, um, you know, just looking better. That's not something you would do. So we we would do Invisalign. Ah, I, what is, I don't know what that is. So braces are the metal braces, right, the traditional braces. Uh -huh. The Invisaligns are the series of clear trays that move your teeth. If you have a minor situation going on, depending on what it is, what needs to be moved, then we can do something in the office. If it's something major that your bite has to change in order to fix that tooth, then you would want to go to traditional braces, and we would send you to an orthodontist, and that's all they do, braces. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, I don't know if it's minor, major, uh, seventh, just suspended. I'm not really sure. Um, 
Okay. Well, that's that's really helpful information. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. I'll tell you, she was pretty nice. Her description of Invisalign actually was pretty decent. It wasn't bad at all. But remember the beginning of the call. I said, I've got a tooth that needs to, you know, doesn't look right the way it is. Do you do braces? She said, we do not. And then just stop. Said nothing else. Now, if I hadn't continued the call by asking another question, that would have been it. Game over. I never would have known that this office did Invisalign as an alternative to braces. But then I asked, I, I kind of wanted to see where she'd go with it. So I asked her another question. She picked it up. She talked about Invisalign. Again, gave a pretty decent description. Um, but then totally didn't try to get me in, said nothing about why don't you come in for a consult so we can see if this is right for you. So again, if you're doing Invisalign and you're wondering why aren't I getting more Invisalign patients, maybe there's a little bit of a bottleneck in the telephone. Okay, let's do a couple more. Um, this one I got, well, I'll just tell you this next one. I'm just throwing this in here for an example because about 20 to 30% of my calls that I do during normal business hours end in this fashion. Thank you for calling Dental. If you are receiving this message during our normal business hours, we are busy assisting other patients. Your call is very important to us. Please leave your name, telephone number, and your message, and your call will be returned as soon as possible. Thank you. Record your message at the tone. Press any. I've ranted about this a million times, so you don't need to hear me do it again, but I just wanted to play this one example today as a reminder. No voicemail during regular business hours, and that includes lunch. Come on now. A new patient's all excited about going to your practice out of all the gazillions of practices near you they called you during regular business hours with a question, and you're going to tell them you're getting this voicemail because we're too busy? Unacceptable. Okay, let's go back to our regular theme. How may I help you? Hi, um, I have a tooth that's like, it just looks like it's a little out of place. Do you do braces there to correct that kind of stuff? Um, we do do Invisalign, yes, we do. Uh, and what is Invisalign? It's the clear aligners. We don't do traditional braces, the wire right, braces. We don't do those. We do the clear aligners with Invisalign. Hmm, okay. what's better? It all depends on the patient. Um, sometimes, some patients, it's better for them to have wire braces, and then doctor will refer them out to a, 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 another orthodontist that does that. Or if they have Invisalign will help, we do it here. Got it. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're quite welcome. Have a great morning. Oh, you too. Bye. All right. I mean, I... She was certainly pleasant. I said, do you do braces? And she had a great response. Well, we do Invisalign. It's clear, you know, whatever. How However she described it, a series of clear retainers, and it's this and it's that. She could have gone even further by saying, for many patients, it's a lot more comfortable and easier than braces. Why don't you come on in and have the doctor take a look so we can see if this is right for you? But she just stalled. She was very positive. Yeah, we do Invisalign. Then she just kind of stalled and then started talking about regular braces, and then boom. No appointment, no nothing. Bad ending. That was a sad ending, not a happy one. Samantha, how can I help you? Hey, Samantha, I have a question for you. I've got a um, a tooth that's like a little bit out of whack. It sure looks kind of funny when I smile. Do you do um, braces that would correct something like that? We do Invisalign. Mm-hmm. But we and don't do like that? regular braces. Invisalign oh, so are like the... Braces. No, we just do the like the aligners. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Have a great day. Right on. Okay, you too. Bye. Wow, crazy. That was kind of the exact same version of the same call. She was very positive. Well, we do Invisalign. It's it's great. It's this. It's clear retainers, and, and it can help. And, and then, boom, just let the call completely die. Why does she think this person's calling? I even said why I'm calling. I've got a funky-looking tooth. Can you move it to make my smile better? Do you do braces? Well, we, we've got something that might even be better for you. Why don't you come on in so we can have a consultation and the doctor can take a look? These practices all on their website, huge, says we do Invisalign. Yet a patient's calling that could be a great candidate for Invisalign, and they refuse to let them in the office. I just don't get it. So think about it. Please don't have your office be the one that does this. And if you want to help other offices, go give us a five-star rating and a great review. A couple more reminders. I'm doing the Ultimate Practice Growth Workshop in Orlando, August 11th and 12th, with Dr. Travis Campbell. Um, check it out at matto.com slash growth. And also, if you want to save money in your credit card processing, by not paying that monthly percentage, just a low flat fee, go to matto.com slash save to find out what Stacks is all about. Thanks so much for listening, watching, whatever you're doing. I'm Dr. Richard Matto, co-founder of the Matto Center for Dental Practice Success. This is the Dental Fixers Podcast, and I'll see you soon. Bye.